Hello, everybody. Welcome to this edition of Social Security Talk. I am your host, Mark Kiner, the guy in the red sweater on this uh, dreary April day. Um, got clouds out there. We had 80 degree temperatures, 70 degree temps a couple of days yesterday. Today is about 30 degrees cooler, but it is spring. Uh, April showers leads to May flowers. That's what I hear, and I will accept that. Our guest today is John Case. John is with TDC Life. You can see John kind of overdressed for today's podcast. <laughs> TDC Life is located in Maumee, Ohio. I, I've known John for a couple of years. We're both involved with a, a CPA organization across the country called BDO. Our firms are both BRNs, which are business resource networks. And I think I met John, I think I met your organization at the Columbus get together, maybe a couple of years ago. I'm kind of guessing. Yeah, that sounds right. What drew me to John and his company is the fact that they are involved in the in a strategy and that only cutting edge and proactive advisors need to be aware of. Everybody else can just tune us out. Fine with me. The strategy is called Life Insurance Settlements. It allows you to, or allows your client to sell their life insurance policy for maybe four to six times cash surrender value. Uh, John, what percentage of policies do not end up in a life insurance death benefit to, to, pay, to be paid? Yeah, so the statistics are quite shocking. First, let's just let me say real fast, thank you for having me today. Very excited to join um, it's been maybe about, I think, a year since I was last on. And real fast, I think you had a giant milestone last time I was on. You were filing for Social Security for the first time. Yes, John, I did. Effective June of 2022, my full retirement age, I, uh, my benefits began. And like I indicated earlier today, John, the third Wednesday of each month, my, my, my benefits deposit my bank account. So, John, when are you going to file? Are you, you look a little younger than I am. Yeah, so I'm 35. I've got a while to go, right? Yeah, you do. It won't be there for you, John. No, I'm only kidding. Yeah, we get, that, we, we get that question all the time from folks around your age or so. Will so-and-so's going to be there for them when it's time? And, and, and the, the pet answer is yes. Social Security is not going away, John. The The trust fund will be gone. The, the $2.9 trillion trust fund will be gone in about 10 years or so. So, John, when it's time for you to file, uh, you will get something out of the Social Security program. Over a trillion dollars in taxes comes in each year, and that is what's going to be paid out. Your full retirement age, John, may move, though. Currently, it's 67 for, for folks born in 1960 or later. But for you, John, uh, I would have to think your full retirement age would be between 68 and 70. You gotcha. have to work a little while longer. But one thing, John, I need to encourage you to do, though, and you too, uh, uh, Aaron, who's in, who's the engineer here on today's podcast, continue to pay into the Social Security program. And that is because that's the money that comes off to pay me. Okay? <laughs> you pay in. I get paid. I'm happy. I love it. Oh, but, you know, thank you for that. So to answer your question real fast, you know, a statistic, and it's quite surprising, right? But one out of every six life insurance policies results in a death benefit. 
Okay. That's okay, one out of six. What percentage yeah. is that, John? Let me take out my calculator. I was going to say, you know what? I I normally need a calculator for math like that. I'm getting it real fast for you. One out of six. 17%. You got it. Okay. So 17% of policies end up with a death claim. Yep. That means 83% do not. Yep. They're subsidizing that one that actually does get paid out. Isn't that amazing, John, how many... Uh, Policies do not end up with a death claim. Yeah, it just is. It's just so, shocking. Uh, how I used to know this stat, John. Each year, how many either how many policies lapse, or what amount of death benefits lapse each year? I'm yeah. not sure if I'm asking the right question, but I think it's kind of there. No, you absolutely are. So I, you know. Really, the statistic that I'm most for, uh, familiar with is from the Life Insurance Settlement Association. Okay. So they're looking specifically kind of at those um, policy owners that could benefit from a life settlement. So it's okay. more so kind of the senior market, right? And it's, it's the stat is, I want to say, over like a billion dollars of death benefit for that demographic alone a year. A year. You know, goes away. And that's right where they're, you know, either surrendering the policies or they're letting them lapse and not realizing there could be some significant value in those policies. So who is the typical person out there? Oh, by the way, before we talk about that, yep. John, there are a lot of commercials on the TV and the radio about yep. life insurance settlements. The, the, the more popular one I listen to or I watch is from Coventry Direct. I mm -hmm. see their commercial all the time where you've got two guys in the basement they overhear the homeowner saying i need more cash and they say doesn't this person realize that they're sitting on a whole lot of cash through life insurance settlements so yep. that's coventry direct i used to hear lots of commercials john by lighthouse life i yep. haven't heard their commercials in a while though and yep. you 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 mentioned another one abacus yep so really you know i think uh, when it comes to life insurance uh the settlement market there's you know a couple companies that uh really are geared towards direct advertisements. So you kind of mentioned them right there in the beginning. And um, we really feel like for the entire industry, you know, a rising tide lifts all boats. So the greater awareness mm -hmm. that is generated towards the concept of life settlements benefits everyone in that entire transaction, whether it's a broker such as myself mm -hmm. or you know, a buyer such as those, yeah. uh, those institutions that were just mentioned, we're all going to benefit. Now, the other part of your question you mentioned real fast is you're seeing you know, a lack of advertising from some companies. La yeah, we're Lighthouse Limited. Yeah. So, yeah. and okay. really, you know, that's probably a greater reflection on the current state of the life settlement market. Cool. So, you know, we've seen uh, interest rates just rise at a historical level, right? Just the rate and the frequency that we're seeing this. And that has a direct uh, impact on the life settlement market. Um, let me kind of take you back to, I think, last year when we discussed, you know, the buyers of these life, pol uh, life insurance policies are typically taking their capital leveraging it up by getting uh, bank loans to then buy, you know, not just that one individual policy, but they're putting together an entire portfolio that looking to completely have diversified. Yeah. Well, with rising interest rates, it's really kind of shifted the market. I would tell you, Mark, significantly from our last conversation, it went from a seller's market last year to today being a buyer's market. Okay. So kind of deals that we were able to get done last year with, I would say, younger and younger insureds are not really on the table today because these buyers are becoming more selective with their capital, be it advertising or policy acquisition. Okay. So with higher interest rates, it's becoming more of a buyer's market. You got it. Okay. 
Got it. Uh, so, John, who's appropriate? Who would be an appropriate uh, candidate for a life settlement? Yeah, you know, um, again, kind of going back to kind of what we've seen last year, last year we were even able to kind of uh, do some life settlements on individuals in their 50s. But really, did. I didn't know that. It was pretty crazy. Um, but that's really, you know, where I think the market got out in front of itself. People are kind of, you know, the buyers are really searching for policies. With the pullback, I really think anybody age 60 or above should have it, you know, take a look at their life insurance settlement as a concept. But, you know, we may be pulling back to, you know, a couple of years ago, the demographic really was 70 and up. So I would say, you know, we were doing 50-year-olds, 60 and up right now is where we're at. But I wouldn't be a bit surprised if interest rates continue to go up that we're looking at age 70 and up unless someone's significantly sick. So I'm age 67, John. Yep. And I think I've got a policy. It's maybe 250000 Don't quote me. Hey, I bought the, it's the universal life. Bought this yep. policy maybe 20, 30 years ago. Yep. And the reason why, why I believe I bought a universal life was probably because the premium was more reasonable for me. Yes. But now, sooner or later, it's going to be underwater. Yep. And gonna, yeah, the, the cash render value is going to be start to be used up. So I personally could be a candidate for life insurance settlement. I personally could be. Absolutely. Relatively good health. Not great, but pretty good health. Uh, so, John, talk about who... What uh, health of a client, uh, their age, who's, who's, who's appropriate for a life insurance settlement? Yep. So I would tell you on the age side, right? Age 60 and up is where I would start having the conversation. Okay. And the value is really marked derived by two factors. Okay. The first factor, and it's going to sound a little morbid, but you hit it, yeah. you know, is that the health of the insured? You sure did. That's, that's huge. If I've and got five years to go, I'll get more out of my policy, but if I have 20 years to go, well, they're going to, the buyer will have to wait longer. Exactly. So I would say kind of health of the insured is the first variable. The second variable is going to be what are the future premiums? What's the cost to carry that policy? Yeah. Right. Now, um, there's some really interesting concepts and there's some sophisticated buyers that are kind of morphing the strategy a little bit. And Mark, this is an interesting one. Whereas some of these buyers are now looking for healthy insurance because they're pairing that life insurance policy that they're buying with an annuity. Because now they become agnostic when the insured passes away. They're now, you know, getting the benefit of the high interest rates on annuities and they want that insured to live. God forbid they pass early. They buy, they acquire the life insurance now to kind of recoup their capital from that annuity purchase. Okay. So very interesting. Okay. So, John, the cost to carry the policy now has increased because they have to take out a loan. The cost on the loan is higher. Correct. So that's why they're going to offer less of yep. the policy itself. Yep, exactly. So some of the main reasons why somebody could be a candidate might be that they, they don't need the policy anymore. They can't afford the premium. Yep. They'd rather reallocate that asset into something else. Is that correct? Am I uh, on target there? Absolutely. You know, we see a lot of people use the benefit for long-term care. Long-term care. Mm -hmm. um, that'd be one. We see others, um, right, where they actually, you know, bought a, a life insurance policy for estate planning, and they're able to kind of plan their estate tax away, making that policy, you know, no longer needed. We see others with term insurance that's still convertible, right? Convertible. That's the key. You got it. Yep. Age 70 is kind of when that conversion privilege goes away on most life insurance, term mm -hmm. insurance. Mm -hmm. So some are just maybe empty nesters saying, hey, I no longer need this term policy. It's still convertible. Let's get some cash for it. You know, one of the uh, Coventry Direct Commercials uh, 
the person on the commercial says, well, now I can use this money uh, to take a much long needed vacation or to pay for grandkids college. No, yep. I'm fine with paying for the grandkids college. That's always a noble thing to do. But to use those proceeds, you know, depending on how much it is, of course, to go on a vacation, that's money you, you, you're not going to get back. It's, it's out of your portfolio completely. So I'm not a really big component of that. But of course, though, it depends on what you're spending. So exactly. Yeah, I, I understand. Uh, John, should uh, folks call Carpentry Direct directly if they have, if they think that they they might want to enter a life settlement, or should they contact you instead? Yeah, I think um, anybody really needs to be conscious, just like they are in any transaction of you know the parties that they're looking to do business with, and uh, specifically in the settlement side, how they're registered, right? Are they registered as a buyer, which is kind of, uh, they'd be licensed technically as what they call a provider. And providers, are their job is to acquire the policies kind of for, you know, as cheap as possible. They're representing yes. buyer only. Um, they may be licensed such as myself as a broker. And my, you know, allegiance is going to be to the policy seller. So I'm trying to drum up as much competition to then sell the policy for as much as possible. So they really got to be conscious on who they're working with. There's pros and cons to both. Um Right. If you want to have a quick transaction, you might want to go directly to the buyers, right? Take them up on the advertisements. If you're looking for, you know, you're able to maybe hold off a couple months to have some competition, you know, yeah. just heighten for the policy, then you may want to take a look at a broker. About two or three years ago, John, a representative from Coventry Direct gave me a call. <clears throat> he said, if you have a life insurance policy, just give me a call and we can talk about it. And I said, well, I'd rather go through a broker because they can give me uh, the competition. I'm going to get a higher uh, figure for it, uh, value. And the guy from Coventry Direct, of course, he said, no, no, I can give you the highest value for it. But we know that's not true. So don't listen to what you might hear if the representatives from these three companies give you a call directly. So, so, John, tell me a couple of your more recent success stories about our clients of yours that have entered into a life insurance settlement. Yeah, you know, we're working on a case right now, right, where, you know, you mentioned your universal life policy and universal life policies are great, right? Especially yeah. Flexibility. Um, we actually got in a part with this, you know, this individual, right, where the business that the individual owned, owned this life insurance policy, and they were really minimally funding this universal life, right? Not paying kind of more than they needed to. Well, here in May of this year, you know, the pipers come calling and the premium is going to increase to about double what it was before, just because they were kind of minimally funding to a specific age. How old is this person? This person's 73. Okay. So I'm 67. Yep. Amazing. So the way they were funding this, you know, at age 74, which just happens to be next month, the premium is going to double if they wanted to keep the policy. Well, at this point, you know, in their life, they've already sold their business the last, you know, within the last year that, hey, they contact me, John, we really don't want to pay this increase in premium. So we're able to, uh, you know, get a deal done before that larger premium uh, kicks in. So very exciting stuff. That would be one example. Uh, another example for a fairly significant policy. Uh, this family has an estate tax issue uh, through the good work of their advisors. Uh, they've been able to completely you know, plan that estate tax away. So we're going to be looking to liquidate this policy before the next large premium is due. Um, this was a survivorship policy. So that's on both 
uh, you know, two insureds, the life of two insureds versus just one. John, can all policies be used in a life insurance settlement? You know, all of them can, even non-convertible term. But the giant caveat, we go back to those two variables, right? What's the health of the insured and the cost to carry? So when we talk about non-convertible, you got to be very sick because that, you know, cost. Non-convertible, yes. Right. But yep. if it's convertible, different story. Correct. Yeah. So all permanent life insurance policies, universal life, uh, convertible term can yep. all be used in a life insurance settlement. And when I say a non-convertible term can, if someone is very sick. Uh, very sick. Very good. Thank you. Very, very sick. Yep. Uh, John, walk us through the steps. So okay. uh, first of all, before you walk us through the steps, yep. let people know how to reach out and connect with you. Yep. So I think the easiest way um, could be straight through email. Again, my name is John Cates. My email address would be J. Cates, that's C-A-T-E-S, at tdclife.com. And that's Tom, Denny, uh, and Clyde, TDC. And and phone number, John? Yep. Uh, we can use my cell phone. That's going to be 419-789-5430. So, John, what you just went over will be a crawler on the screen, will be on the screen for people to see. And Thank please, you. everyone, connect with, if you're interested, please connect with John on LinkedIn. You're LinkedIn on John. John, you're yep. LinkedIn, right? Certainly do. So please connect with John on LinkedIn. That's John, and his last name is Cates, C-A-T-E-S. Okay, John, uh, also, there are no uh, no restrictions, John. If somebody enters into a life insurance settlement, there's no restrictions as to what that cash can be used for, right? Exactly. The only thing that we just have to be conscious of is we have to um, make sure the money's deposited into an account that has the same ownership as the policy. So okay. if I own a trust, you know, if my trust owns a policy, my trust receives the cash. I don't receive it individually. Got it. Okay, great. But no restrictions. That cash can be used for anything. Go on vacation, pay some uh, uh, college costs for grandkids, invest yep. the money, long-term care insurance, pay off medical bills, whatever. And that, John, can result in additional commissions for the financial advisor, right? Oh, it certainly can. And that, you know, the conversation, especially one, being able to find, you know, found money is what we like to call it. On average, if a policy does sell, it sells between 20 and 40% of the death benefit. Okay. Significant dollars. And then to your point, you know, we typically get to see a lot of advisors then using that supplemental cash in their, uh, you know, financial plan. So, yeah. It's both advisor and client. John, 20 to 40% of, of death benefit. Uh, let put, let's put this into a different different way to say it. Yeah. What uh, multiple of cash surrender value, for the most part, will people see? Yeah. You know, that's where um, we get maybe anywhere from four to six times of cash surrender value. Okay. So I was kind of right when I said that then. Yep. Absolutely. Okay. John, we only have uh, just a few minutes to go. So talk about the steps. Uh, what steps? Well, first of all, proactive advisors need to take the time to meet with their clients and bring up the discussion of their life insurance policies. They don't necessarily do that, but they need to, to determine if a life insurance settlement is even something that should be considered. So if you're a proactive advisor watching and listening to this podcast, uh, you know, if you're a cutting edge advisor, 
please, when you talk to your clients uh, during a review, always talk about their life insurance policies. Do not leave that out. So, John, with the remaining minute or so, uh, just talk about what are the steps uh, for an advisor after they determine that maybe a life insurance settlement needs to be considered. What do they do at that point? Yep. So let me just point out real fast, you know, when you mentioned, Mark, that everyone should be reviewing the life insurance, what's very common, right, since we're now in a rising interest rate environment, is the assumptions that when life insurance policies were sold over the last 20 to you know 30 years have typically not come true, right? Yeah. Interest rates have come down. So cost of insurance may have risen. So it's really important to take a look at these policies because they may not be performing as they were you know, illustrated to back uh-huh. in the day. Yeah. Um, that way, we're not. There's no ticking time bombs in our clients' portfolios. Mm-hmm. But, um, to understand that, you know, what we typically need to have is an illustration, kind of understanding what is the minimum uh, premium to maturity, and then um, just some basic information on the health of the insured. Right? Are they in good health, bad health? Just with those two factors, we're typically able to kind of give you a rough appraisal of: Do we think there's a market for this policy? Do we even want to, you know, continue the conversation to go forward? And what does that dollar amount do for their portfolio? So really, you know, getting our arms around the life insurance, I'm happy to always to uh, to talk with individuals of what we specifically need, but we can get you a rough appraisal. Then you can see if it's right for your client. So in other words, you know, you're going to ask for information on the policy. You're going to uh, ask for information about uh, medical records. Yep. You'll form that out to several potential buyers. Yep. So actually, internally, we have access to the same kind of software that some of these buyers use. Okay. And we can type in that information and we can give someone a rough range, you know, between X and Y. Okay. I think the policy may um, fetch at auction. Okay. And that's before we even go to auction. So before Got we really, you know, roll up auction. Auction. Okay. So after, if it's determined that it should go to auction, you'll send it to auction. Yep. You'll get some bids. Yep. And then you'll uh, talk to the advisor and or their client about what the bid is, and if they want to move forward on the life insurance settlement. Exactly. Remember, it's not all for everyone, right? So we're yeah, not everything. So it's, um, you know, we're really frank and we'll have those conversations of, hey, um, since we also do primary life insurance, we yeah. not only talk about life settlement, we're also going to talk about, hey, here's other ways you could maybe even fund that policy to keep it. So we're really holistic, just looking, you know, and that's where we kind of differ from other life settlement brokers is we do more than just life settlements. We may say, hey, Mark, it's best to keep your policy because of what we found, you know, medically. And here's some different options how you could um, make that work. Well, John, that, you know, we're going to have to conclude today's uh, podcast. However, though, as you were talking about that, what I like to do, John, if you're open to this, you know, feel be frank, tell me you're not. But, you know, I've got this this policy with National Life Group or whatever they're called. I'd yeah. like to send to you the last statement I have from them. Okay. which will show, I guess, the death benefit. It will show cash render value. Uh, and then if you don't mind, work something up for me. Yeah. And then you and I can share that on our future podcast with our audience. Can, would you be willing to do that? Let's do that. That'd be a good example. Yeah, it'd be a good example for me too because yeah, I pay 215 bucks a month in a premium and – I don't know if I should continue to pay that. The, the reason why I got the why, the reason I got the policy to begin with because uh, I was younger, yep. thirty years younger. Uh, let's say I was forty. Uh, young kids, you know, house that you know, I still have a house. It's still not paid for, but still some of the reasons I bought it just aren't there. 
And like you said, eventually, John, my premium will double. Maybe. Yep. Yeah. Well, it will go up. We'll double that and all. Make go up more than that. So it'd be nice to know what the value of that policy is. I can make some decisions. Exactly. So, so we've been talking with John Cates. He's a life insurance advisor with TD Life uh, out of Maumee, Ohio. I know yep. Maumee, that's near Toledo. Am I right? Right in our backyard. Yep. And, and there is a, a big book fair also in Maumee. Don't know if it still goes on. It, it's about it, It's there because of the memory of a child who died at an early age. It yes. used to, it might still be mommy. I was in mommy once or twice attending that, that book share, that book fair. So John, you did, you, there's another aspect of your business that you, you, you mentioned you might like to talk about, or ha, you talked a little bit about it, I believe already. Anything else you'd like to say? No, you know, as I just mentioned, that's kind of what differentiates us from other life settlement brokers is we also do primary life insurance. Okay. So, um, you know, we're, you know, the only tool in our toolbox is not life settlement. Yeah. And that really kind of benefits advisors that we work with as well of, hey, here's, you know, all the options on the table. As I indicated before, uh, this uh, edition of Social Security Talk is only meant for the ears of cutting edge advisors and also proactive advisors. If you are not one of those advisors, do not think about, do not talk to your clients about the life insurance policies. But if you are, make sure you bring that discussion up. Uh, John, please, uh, again, let our viewers know how to connect with you. Absolutely. Again, that's John Cates. Email is jcates at tdclife.com. And my cell phone's 419-789-5430. Thank you again, Mark, for all the good work you're doing, the education. This is this is great. Pleasure, John. I'm always happy to promote and to market and to bring to the attention our advisors about life insurance settlements. And every class we teach, we talk about life insurance settlements, every one of them. Very John, Good John thank you so much for being with us today. I will send to you my information about my life insurance policy. You can run the figures and we'll, we'll have another podcast over the next uh, month or so. That works for me. Thank Any you, final comments, John, you'd like to make? No, that's it. You know, I'm just ready for some spring weather. You mentioned it's gloomy outside. At least we had that warm weather yesterday, right? Yeah, but next week, John, is supposed to be in the 70s, 60s and 70s. And I think we might get to 80 in oh. Cincinnati. So warmer weather is around the corner. Send it up to Maumee, please. We sure will. <laughs> this Thanks. now ends this edition of Social Security Talk. Thank you, John, for helping us understand life insurance settlements a bit more. Appreciate it. My pleasure. Bye, everybody.